Welcome to the SEO Freelancer Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Leroy. This month, I talk with Christina Azarenko to discover her journey in getting into SEO, moving into freelance SEO, and then making an additional move to becoming full-time content creator. Before we jump into this month's interview, let's do a quick word from our sponsor, SEORadar.com. We all know how many clients end up making changes that are bad for SEO without them talking to SEOs first. SEO Radar puts you back in control of your client's issues. Whether it's weird rendering issues that crop up or a content editor that changes titles that have been optimized for Google, SEO Radar's alert will help you stay on top of what's changing. Get alerts via Slack, email, or text message. And when that bad alert hits, you'll have full HTML archives and screenshots to easily revert quickly. Get started today with SEO Radar at seoradar.com. Thank you again to our sponsor, and let's jump into this month's episode. Thank you so much for joining us today, Christina. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here. Absolutely. So people may not know, Christina and I have, are kind of that definition of have a relationship, friendship online. You know, I think we've been following each other for Twitter for quite a while. You know, I know she's been a subscriber to the SEO for lunch. You know, offline, we were kind of joking about how I attempted to do some early virtual happy hours when COVID was still a thing with the SEO for lunch crew. And, you know, I think that was one of the last times Christine and I had kind of talked, you know, online, you know, minus just kind of our, our offline, or sorry, you know, Twitter conversations. But again, Christina, so great to have you on, you know, thank you for your time. Yeah, sure. So Christina, just to kick us off here, can you give us an introduction and a brief description of your background? Of course. So um, again, hey, everyone, uh, in case you missed the beginning, um, I'm Christina Azarenko, and um, I am it's, I used to I used to introduce myself. I'm an uh, I'm an SEO consultant, and you learn why <laughs> I'm confused now. But I say I say that uh, the best uh, thing that describes me would be SEO hero. <laughs> That's what I have on my LinkedIn now. I've been an SEO for over a decade, and um, I've been on, on all different sides. So um, I was uh, at an agency side. I was. Um, working full-time in companies. I was a freelancer, a consultant, and now I'm a course creator. So I transitioned uh, full-time to course creator earlier uh, this year. So I teach people how to do SEO properly because I really want to upgrade the level of SEOs that are out there and uh, to help people understand that SEO is not only like keywords or like Links, special spammer links, it's so much more. And there is a strategy, there are frameworks behind this. So that's my mission for now. And you, she just let the cat out of the bag right away in the show. This is one <laughs> reason why I was very excited to get Christina on the show. You know, we talk a lot about individuals who previously had kind of worked a nine to five job, maybe came from agency or in-house, and now they're enjoying the fruits of their labor as freelancer. And Christina and I had talked offline about this is almost a secret graduation where freelancer typically is a exchange of your services for a specific hourly rate or even a retainer. So where Christina is going now is focusing more on, I would say it's even more 
uh, scalable, you know, being able to do training, you know, as obviously larger groups of individuals, being able to do courses, and it's very, very exciting. So I'm very excited to um, dig deeper into that. And Christina and I also want to have a conversation about the term freelancer versus consultant. But oh, yeah. Before we jump into that, I do have uh, another question because I know we're going to have fun with that and I'll forget to go here. But Christina, one of people's favorite parts of this podcast is talking about your first SEO job. Can you walk us through, you know, maybe what a couple of those jobs look like? And if you're able to, can you share what some of your starting pay was? Yeah, so, um, well, my first SEO job. So, OK, I started in SEO um, accidentally. I think like almost all SEOs, but for me, it was like calling. Um, I was working um, as a debt collector as um, at a clock uh, factory, and I was not beating people. It was not like that. I was just calling, reminding them to pay. <laughs> so <laughs> don't be afraid of me. Um, so, but I knew that there's something more that I need to to be something more. I had no idea what I was going to do. I just like quit from the university because I didn't like it. So I was like, okay, what's next? And then one day I accidentally saw a course, a, um, an SEO course. I had no idea what SEO was at that time. I have no had no idea what a website was. Like I would, was not tech savvy at all. So if you ask me why did I decide to join the course, the answer will be, I have no idea. So <laughs> I just signed up. I think I um, paid two my month two monthly salaries for the course or something it was crazy uh and i loved it from the very first lesson i was obsessed about it i was like i was really obsessed i was reading about everything especially about technical seo because i think that's how my brain thinks so and then i landed a job as a junior seo at an agency uh it was like junior junior position and they were um, showing me, uh, so okay, it was more more about links. <laughs> I think all, almost all SEOs who started like uh, years ago, they have contributed to some spam online, okay? Just a little <laughs> bit, right? <laughs> just, just a little bit. Um, so yeah, for me it was like um, directory links, uh, like something something like that. So. Uh, Christina, I was let me interrupt you for one second. Did you have an e-zine article account? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> the of best course. of us did. I was just showing someone the other day that it's it's almost something that I intentionally leave up because it's it's embarrassing and it tells you exactly what you were doing at the time. But okay, I will not interrupt yeah. you anymore. But I knew you were gonna have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. It was so uh, it was so fun for me still. So like. I was like learning all this, uh, these things. And within, I think three months, I realized that I kind of knew more than people working there for, uh, for, for longer than me. And I quickly started to be like non-official team lead. Mm. And I was uh, teaching people. And I, was, I remember one thing um, that um, there were articles for one of the websites, like so people would write articles, and then I would need to post those articles everywhere, right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> back to your point. And then I was like sitting and thinking, well, it doesn't seem right to me. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know why, because uh, at that time I was just starting, but I was like, well, it doesn't seem right. Something is wrong. I think that SEO should be something more. Uh, but yeah, uh, it lasted for a year. Within this year, I learned a lot, mostly because I was 
eager to learn. If I had free time, I would start Google learning Google Analytics and all this, uh, all these interesting things. And I remember one day I realized that, oh my God, that's truly what I want to do is when I needed to, like I provided recommendations for uh, duplicate content issues and we needed to implement canonical tags. So I was like, I got a message that they were implemented. I was like, okay, okay, checking in, checking in all the time. And at that time I did not even have access to Google Search Console or at that time it was web, Webmaster Tools. Right. So, um, yeah, and I remember it was like, well, but it's not working. It's still Google is not picking it up. And then I looked at the source code and I realized that instead of href in the link in the canonical tag, they put href. So someone was just typing <laughs> and he's typing. <laughs> so that thing showed me that there can be one minor thing that can go wrong. Well, now it's so much easier with all the tools and even Google Search Console. But um, at that time, I was like, wow, I want to be an investigator. I want to do this. So let's go with Tapping.se. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to continue to date us, Christina. But do you remember utilizing like the Yahoo Site Explorer for looking at backlinks? Yes. <laughs> if, if you show me, if you show me now, I was just doing that. That's the thing. She had her hands over her eyes, and you know, this is before you know, Semrush and HS, and you know, I think you know, some of the Majestic might have just been started up, but I remember when they started sunsetting that. You know, a lot of SEOs are freaking out for you know only the hundredth time, whereas we're on the millionth round now. Yeah, and I, I remember trying to get into Demos directory uh it was like oh my god only like super cool people can go to demos directory <laughs> oh yep yep i was just talking to someone the other day about you know, or maybe it was a tweet that i sent out it was like you know you're cool old school when you cared about your demos link or if you just yeah. had one or not <laughs> so christina just to put the little cherry on the top do you mind sharing what your very first salary was for that junior junior seo position yeah, I think it was um, around two hundred and fifty dollars a okay. month, uh, something like that. Uh, it was uh, still back in Belarus. Um, it was still a very low salary, and like we had many things there, uh, there in terms of like uh, salaries and conversion rates. Uh, but I was just happy to start some new journey. Well, and I think, Christina, to your point, I mean, this shows I, I'm almost guaranteeing nobody else is going to be able to join me and, you know, have a number below 250. But to be able to show that that's where you can start and you're hungry for more and to find the success that I know you've had today, not yeah. only, you know, with consulting, but creating, you know, courses that are over, you know, 250 as an individual purchase. Like, how exciting. I mean, talk about a real, you know, from ground up all the way to success. You know, congratulations on that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. I think that it's uh, there's always a way, and if you um, if you are really passionate about what you're what you're doing, and if you learn the the right skills, well, success is inevitable. That's one of the phrases that I really love. And I think that's one thing. You know, I'm gonna probably you know cause a little drama here, but I feel like one thing between when we started. So Christine and I both are probably right about the same time. I started in 2008, 2009 ish, and there wasn't that much information. I mean, honestly, like Moz Whiteboard Friday was like the highlight of mm -hmm. my week, but 
I remember getting my first SEO job and I went to Barnes and Noble and there was an SEO book and it was like a dummy's guide to SEO and I didn't have the money to be able to buy it. So I literally sat in a chair and read the whole thing. And now it's like a lot of people, they don't necessarily have to fight and scrap for all this information, you know, whether it be Christina's courses or, you know, other websites with this information, you know, SEO is just so much more readily available. And, you know, that's Accessible. just kind of what, yes, exactly. It's just very exciting. But yeah, so Christina, so yeah, so go, go take us through a couple more years. So you've worked your know, agency side, how far into your career was it when you made the decision to go out on your own? And walk us through a little bit what you were thinking and did you save up to go out on your own or really what did you do to kind of prepare for, you know, I'm going to use the word freelancer and then we're going to jump into that <laughs> conversation afterwards. Okay, so there are two parts uh, to this question. I said with um, like how I decided to go on my own and like what uh, baggage of knowledge I had at that time. So uh, my career was not linear. I actually had a setback when I moved from Belarus to Canada, and that's what usually immigrants go uh, go through when they move to different uh, countries. But I was lucky that I still like I stayed in my uh, career because I know that many people come to Canada and like, well, I can't find jobs, so I so I go like working in McDonald's. And for me, it was like, no, I'm not going. I'm not doing this. I've been doing SEO for a long time, and uh, I mostly, not mostly, like 100% did it only for uh, English markets. So it was like I was doing the same things as people do here, but from a different country. So like, why? wouldn't I use these chances? And I'd say that SEO helped me a lot to just, you know, um, find myself here uh, in Canada. And I moved almost over four years ago. So, but at first, like you don't start from the position you started when you mm -hmm. left your country. Uh, so there I was uh, leading a small team of people and I was working in-house. Um, and here I came here and I at first worked in-house for a really small company that I liked, but I also, I also do, did uh, paid ads. So uh, yeah. I did a lot. So I did paid ad SEO, but it was still too boring for me because the company was quite small. And I was like, I want challenges. I would, I want SEO challenges and technical SEO challenges. And I won't find lots of them with this like 20, hundred pages, but not not even 100, like just like 20 pages website. Mm -hmm. And um, so I moved uh, to a senior SEO specialist position uh, here at an agency and um, in, in Toronto. And I really loved it. Um, there was nothing wrong about that. And I was really enjoying it. And I learned a lot from the founders of this agency because it was like a really small agency. I love small companies because then you have accountability, uh, and all these nice things when you can like enjoy working with the founders directly. So I prefer these type of companies. Um, and I learned a lot from the, uh, from the founders, from observing them. And then I was like, well, now I'm ready to go on my own because I know how to work with clients and I know how to deliver the results. And then we are jumping to the second part of your question. What did I do to prepare myself to going uh, freelance, to going on my own? And dear listener, do not follow my advice, but I did not. <laughs> I did don't not follow do mine, don't follow Christina's. That's the warning right here. <laughs> I did not do anything. 
that was not because I like I'm overthinking things right and I have processes on processes and steps on steps and to-do lists so that's the kind of person I am but the reason why I uh, left the agency without well I had a safety net that I that I like had previously and I had my husband who supported me who supported my decisions so I'm like well if you you can you can try if it doesn't work you can always get back to your job so that was really really important to me but other than that nothing um and I just felt that I was I was so stressed out I had like so many things to do all the time that I didn't even have time to like to have a side hustle because and I think that having a side hustle before you're leaving a job would be the best scenario. But for me, it just it it just didn't wouldn't work because I was so overworked that I couldn't get a side hustle. Uh, so that's like, you know, I decided to just leave and then build uh, things from scratch versus trying to like to accomplish it somehow. I think that's an an amazing path right there. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't necessarily consider is the option of if you have a spouse or a significant other who is able to, you know, make enough income to be able to pay the bills, you know, you might not be going out to eat every single night, but I mean, that is a good opportunity to be able to go out and freelance, especially if you are hungry and you want to try this and it's something that you know, you're just never going to be able to give 100% of yourself to any company until you try it. I mean, honestly, having a spouse or significant other that can kind of, you know, be the quote unquote breadwinner, you know, really does afford you this amazing opportunity. You know, Christina, I'd be curious from your thoughts. I, I remember talking to my wife when I went out and I am the breadwinner, but what we did is we kind of established a timeline of if you aren't able to replace, say, 80% arbitrarily of what your regular salary was, you go and try to get another job. Did you have any conversations with your husband that was kind of similar? Um, well, no, <laughs> it's like, we are always, we are always like, one of us is going ahead, then the other one um, reaches this point and then goes ahead. So that's how it usually works. And then I uh, supported him in leaving his job. So it's like, uh, support does not necessarily mean that you're like, okay, I'm now paying for everything and you don't need to do anything at all. Like, it it depends like on how, we, we know each other pretty well, so he didn't <laughs> even need to, to tell me that, well, you need to replace your salary. He was like, pace yourself. Everything is fine <laughs> because I was like, oh my God, I need, I need to do this quickly. Uh, so we did not have this conversation, but I'd say it happens within, within a few months. So uh, it was not painful at all. What was painful is that I quickly realized that in addition to um, my skills as an SEO, I needed business skills as well. So yes. that's something that I did not account for. But this means, and I love learning. Uh, I like, I'm a learning geek. So it means that I can learn and pick up things quickly. So I did it quickly. But if you do, if you do have business skills before you leave, and to, to go in, on your own, that would be helpful too. <laughs> you don't need to do this the, uh, the hard way. 
And that is very true. And, you know, as much as I kind of rib on uh, SEO agencies these days, and, you know, if you can survive in an agency, you very likely can survive as a freelancer. But I think the caveat with that is, is twofold. One, without a doubt, you have to be good at what you're doing. If your skill set yeah. being like, whether you're an SEO, PPC, a writer, like if you're not good at that, it doesn't matter how much you can sell because in the end, you're not going to meet your, your client's needs. But then as Christina had alluded to, it's really this business acumen. Uh, you have to understand how to be able to talk to people. You have to be able to take something that's complex like SEO and distill it down to, you know, bite-sized pieces that the C-suite, you know, is going to gobble up. <laughs> um, but just even be able to sell, you have to collect um, payments, you know, set taxes aside, you know, all these things. And admittedly, they're not the the most fun part of of my job, but it it really, do, it's kind of a, a package deal. So like you said, I can definitely understand why that is or was a concern of yours back in the day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are so many things that like so many skills that you need to pick up and suddenly you're paying your own taxes and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, I did not earn that much to pay that sum of taxes, but then, uh, well, things work out. So a quick story, and then we're going to jump into our, our freelancer versus consultant conversation or debate, if you will. But um, one of the, the best tips that I had gotten was if you're going out on your own is to invest in an accountant. And I still believe that it's the best money that you can, but I'll never forget. I was probably four or five months into it. My account's working with me on how to save for taxes. And he calls me up. And he goes, Nick, good news and bad news. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, I'm literally in 10 out of 10 anxiety right now. And he goes, good news. You're going to give yourself a $10,000 bonus. And I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And he goes, the bad news is you're going to give it right to the IRS right away <laughs> so that you can pay your taxes. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's it's funny. You know, and, I, and you know what? It's funny now. But back then, you know, you kind of freak out a little bit. So, <laughs> but yeah. I digress. Christina, let, let's jump into the conversation we started to have offline that I think is really, really interesting. So for people that obviously were not a part of that conversation, Christy and I started talking about the term freelancer and especially how it kind of compares to uh, a consultant. And Christina was kind of shaking her head a little bit and just saying, oh, you know, I really kind of grimace. I hate the idea of using the word freelancer. And as we know, it's like, that's what I'm kind of using for the podcast here. You know, I kind of go back and forth, calling myself an SEO consultant, a freelance SEO consultant, just a freelance. But Christina, let me turn it over to you. Explain to the audience what you were sharing with me about why the term freelancer frustrates you. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not like, it's not frustrates me. It's just like, um, I see that. Um, oh my God, I don't know even where to start. So a freelancer for me is more a person who is um, who is trying to understand that all the business skills behind, uh, behind be, being a partner for their client. Um, so they just like, they are on the way to becoming a partner and they don't necessarily value themselves as they should now. And they don't, they are not necessarily paid um, how they, um, what they deserve now. 
and they do not necessarily have all this knowledge to build the boundaries and with clients and communicate with clients and sell, uh, sell uh, their services properly. And one important distinction would be to like knowing for sure who your ideal client is, is and be okay to walk away from even like good clients, but from projects that do not serve you that you will not enjoy doing and those clients that have red flags and red flags does not necessarily mean that they start yelling at you <laughs> on the sales conversation no but like minor things that you are just not comfortable with but you are okay walking away from this so that's one of the i like i i do not have a ready distinction between freelancer consultant but for me it's more like yeah consultant is more like a business like you see yourself as a business and as a partner to the clients who hire you so you are on the same horizontal line and with freelancing what i find is especially clients implied too many times is that it's more vertical relationship when they uh, hire you to do something for them but they don't necessarily value your expertise and they might try to micromanage you. Again, it's not, it's not an official, it's not, it's not, it's not an official uh, description from like uh, some dictionary. And I, <laughs> there is no judgment behind calling yourself a freelancer, a consultant, or um, whatever serves you. It's just my opinion from my experience, what I've seen. I 100,000 million percent agree with you. And and honestly, this is the last comment I made before I said, hey, this is a really good conversation. Why don't we save <laughs> it for the podcast? Because I can't speak for you, Christina, but for myself, you know, I, I've been doing you know, this freelance consulting work for going on three years now, and people still will come up and ask me what I'm doing. And it's interesting. I kind of A-B test it. It's like I'll sit there and say, oh, I own my own company which I personally don't like because I feel it's like over-serving what I personally <laughs> have accomplished. I've, I've also said, oh, I'm a freelancer, where I think this goes a little bit more to what you're saying. And people almost kind of look at it as like, oh, so you're under or not employed. <laughs> I feel like it's almost like a, you know, a way to say that, you know, oh, maybe you're in between what you really like to do. And then there's, you know, you're a consultant, which I think has this, this perception of higher value. And I think what Christina had really said that resonated with me and kind of where I view the differences, and I don't know if I ever viewed it as freelancer versus consultant. I know we're not necessarily trying to split hairs on the actual term, but I do think maybe this is just a difference between a successful um, individual consultant, you know, or contributor versus someone who might be struggling a little bit more. And it really is, is that are you indeed a partner with your client and your companies? Or is it hierarchy where they are truly paying you by the hour and you're just there to knock out some work and and be done? So I think it, it's very, very interesting. I'd be curious. You should definitely you know tweet at Christina and myself when you're listening to this and tell us your side of it. But I don't know if there's a right answer. And as I've kind of alluded to, I'm often referring to myself as, you know, a freelance SEO consultant because I don't know if I am ready to go 100% one way or another. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's like in SEO, right? If people understand freelancer better and you can 
you have knowledge to sell properly, to position yourself properly, you understand that a sales conversation is an interview for both sides, not yes. just like you need to perform there. You can call yourself a freelancer. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just like if people understand it better, then uh, it's it's okay. Uh, one of my favorite favorite um, examples here, like about naming things, even though you might hate this name, but it works, is free gift. I worked uh, worked with a, um, in a company who um, developed Magento extensions, and we had Magento extension which was called Free Gift, and like. Free gift does not make any sense. Gifts <laughs> are free. So, like, why would you name it free? But people were searching for it. They were searching for Magenta free gift. So, as uh, an SEO and like as part of the marketing team, you name the product free gift because mm-hmm. that's what people want. That's what people are searching for. So, um, and as an SEO, you should understand that. So, if your potential clients are looking for freelancer, that's okay. You just need to, and you call yourself real freelancer. That's okay. You just need to have this business skills to position yourself properly. And you definitely need to be uh, good at what you're doing as Nick said. And if you call yourself a consultant, you need to be really great at what you're doing. So that would be uh, my, I think, final words about this. Again, a hundred percent agree with Christina. And just to reiterate exactly what she said, it, it really comes down to you know, selecting um, the clients that are best fit for you every time you're talking to them or, you know, you're interviewing them just as much as they are interviewing you, you know, set up those appropriate boundaries. You know, just because you are a freelancer or a consultant, you know, doesn't mean you're available 24-7. You know, make sure that you, you know, appropriately create and get sign up on your statements of work and don't be afraid to raise your hand if you're going above it, you know, and also hold yourself accountable if you're not meeting them. Yeah, and I think that was one of the biggest takeaways from this conversation is, you know, really it's just about are you polished, are you good at what you're doing, and are you providing value? Exactly. So, Christina, you had shared with us at the very beginning, and I'm very excited, so congratulations in advance. You you are sharing with people by the time they will listen uh, that you're transitioning kind of from now, now I'm going to kind of go back and forth between freelance and consultant, but from, <laughs> from the, the individual uh, contributor role to what you are now defining as a full-time creator, um, outside of like the average or is the obvious, like going away from client engagements, how does a creator differ from being a consultant or a freelancer, if you will? I would say that um, it's, well, it's completely different. And in my opinion, it requires even more skills. So like, think about that. When you leave your full-time job and you become a freelancer consultant, right? You need to learn all these new skills of like accounting, uh, talking to clients, like a lot of things. But <clears throat> I say from my experience, they're much easier to sort um, of like frameworks around them to processize, <laughs> to put them into processes and then just repeat again and again. So like, of course you, uh, you will always improve them, but still it, at some point it's pretty straightforward and you just like go and do this and that it yields um, predictable results more or less. With course creation, it requires even more skills. So it's like jumping um exactly like jumping from full-time to uh, freelancer consultant and then the next jump is to course creator it's 
completely completely different because if you also need to be more like entertaining on social media right you need and like i'm now an email marketer i know convert kit i'm using convert kit now like i'm an expert in convert kit <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was so so many things and i'm like i'm a copywriter too um and marketing person in general behind all of this and also the creator and also uh, instructional designer because all the courses need to be built it's not like um a salad of like random things that you put there it's a program that you follow and at the end you see the full picture so that's there are many things and also there are many mindset sheets again like we talked about fiance consultant mindset sheets there are also a lot of mindset sheets when it comes to uh, course creators too. So like you need, I, I need it and I'm still going through many of those. And that's very exciting as we kind of kicked off this conversation. You know, I think a lot of people, even including myself, you view, you know, freelancer being a consultant as kind of that, that next step in your career. You know, you truly have to know your skill set. You have to build upon it and skill sets that are very complementary. But this shows that there truly can be yet another step if that's what you're interested in, you know, kind of a V2 of freelancer, just moving away from individual training and consulting to the um, the course creation. But can you walk us through a little bit? Um, you have, you know, the SEO challenge and tech SEO, you know, dot pro that you have, you know, what was kind of the driving factor behind each of those? And what are some learnings that you've had to date? Yeah, so, um... I created SEO Challenge back in 2019. Um, when I uh, left my job, it was actually one of the things that I was doing when I left my job. So I was learning business skills, getting clients, and also creating a course because I used to teach people at work. I used to um, basically onboard people. So I wanted to put everything together. And then I was updating course all the time. So that was one. Um, for the SEO Challenge course, it was my initial initiative was like putting everything together like everything that i know putting everything together and so that people who uh, go through this course they fill in their knowledge gaps if they if they are in marketing and they if they heard about seo they're like going through this course and like oh my god okay so now i can be an seo so that that's for people who want to move into seo positions or who want to get promotions at their job so for me it was putting everything together, all the knowledge that I, that I had, like not all the knowledge, but like most of the knowledge that I had. And then I found that uh, so many people enjoyed that technical SEO part uh, in that course. And as I said, from the beginning of my career, I was thinking my brain thinks in technical SEO terms, I find. So it's just like so straightforward and easy to understand for me. Um, so people have been asking me for a course and specifically technical SEO for like two years and I didn't have time and I didn't have space to start it because I know that creating a course is a journey. Um, but then I was like, okay, I really want to transition and I think it's, it's going to be um, a point of no return for me if I, uh, when I launch this course and when I put everything together when it comes to technical SEO and uh, yeah I just uh, answered to all the all the asks from people to create a 
dedicated technical SEO course. Um, and here, here I am. <laughs> I have so many follow-up questions. I would try to be very targeted with a couple of those. It's going to be a three-hour-long podcast here. But I think first and foremost, my question is, so now I know you've launched some courses to different degrees in the past, including the ones that we just talked about. Do you think to have a successful course where you're able to take the feedback and support people that are purchasing it, is it required to do it full-time? Like, do you see that you could easily do this while having a full-time job or as, you know, a freelancer having individual clients? I'd say, well, it's totally doable when you have, um, when you have like to, totally do, doable as a side hustle. Sure. Uh, that, that's what I did for uh, almost two years with SEO Challenge, but um, it just depends on where you want to move. If you see that clients is your main, main priority, then it means that, okay, you need to, you need to somehow easy uh, simplify the delivery of the course. You need to somehow, um, I don't know, yourself or find someone who would reply to support, support questions. And I'm not necessarily talking about being with the students all the time out there and answering the, their questions, but I'm also talking about like, what if somebody, um, what if somebody can't log in into their account, like all this kind of stuff. So especially if your courses are at higher price points, uh, it's more important to like have a support if it's uh, at low price points that can be on Gumroad or somewhere where they would generally, I have my ebook on Gumroad and uh, I don't have like don't have emails, maybe one or two emails in like in three years about people not being able to access it. Um, so yeah, it just depends on where you want to go. It's totally possible to do this uh, full like to do this as a side hustle. But for me, I wanted to move further. And that makes a lot of sense. I think this next question, I'm going to cheat and it's going to be like a million billion questions in one. <laughs> but as you had kind of alluded to with freelancing, it's like you have to be really good in the skill that you're selling and then you have to adopt and learn the business side of it too. I would assume, how do I even say this? Um, like what is the most difficult part of creating the course? Because similar to what we just talked about, you have to create the content or I'm sorry, you have to know the content. You have to create the content. You have to distribute the content and you have to like, I'll just call it customer support. You know, which mm -hmm. one of those historically, you know, maybe has been more of a learning curve for you and, you know, how have you gone about learning, you know, the, the content side of things? Yeah. So, um, basically, um, I, I find that the hardest thing for me is to, um, switch constantly switch between two mindsets. One mindset is a creator. Um, because I, I really, I really love creating. I would sometimes be like, like for the previous model, because I'm recording the technical SEO pro course right now. And, um, um, I was, uh, in the, like, uh, in the bathroom and I was like, oh my God, I have an idea for an example of how to explain crawling, indexing and everything. And it's going to use a house and, uh, um, like, uh, and pictures and photos. Oh my God, that's so cool. I need to write it down. So that's, that's the mind of creator. And I love like random examples. So <laughs> I use them all the time and I used to uh, use them with clients and now I use them with students, but yeah. So like, it's the mind of creator. 
and also like the mindset of creator and, and also there is mindset of a marketer and that's really hard like that's sometimes hard to market your own things um first of all and secondly you need to be out there you need to be online you need to be promoting because otherwise no matter how great your course is nobody's going to buy that was the hard truth that i uh, have to accept because it doesn't matter if you're amazing it's like if you're a consultant if you're amazing but you if you don't talk to clients if you don't have prospects and leads coming to you or if you can't sell on the sales calls nobody will, will benefit from your expertise that's exactly what happens with courses if you don't sell people don't buy so that was one of the um, things another thing that i had to accept here is that it can be copied it can be resolved uh, it's just uh, it's very painful to see this but i treat it as like you know there is karma anyway and mm -hmm. uh, if people are buying things it's like it's robbery it's like people are robbing basically um creators when they are doing like that but it's not me who can uh who can impose karma on them it's happened happen it will happen anyway so well this is something uh to accept so yeah i would say these two things were um, the hardest it's interesting you bring up kind of the the piracy side of it just not something that i had considered but i've seen quite a few people talk about it and even you know call out message boards or you know torrents where people are getting access to that so I think the way that you approach it makes a lot of sense. It's not that you ever want to say it's okay, but it's really just trying not to sweat it and live by the 80-20 model. You know, it's like 80% of people hopefully doing this the right way. You can support them and they become your biggest advocates. Whereas, you know, these individuals who aren't paying or you know flat out stealing your content, you know, they're probably not the people you necessarily want to be advocating for you to begin with. Exactly, exactly. And I have clear values inside of my academy um of diversity of inclusion of no judgment um so it's important for me that only the right people um are entering my space entering uh, my academy so those people who prefer stealing they're not my students anyway it just uh sucks that there are so many websites who just reselling um stolen content and I think that's that's awesome. And again, just to be very clear, you know, I don't think either one of us is advocating for anybody stealing. It's just a, a sad reality that in this world, anytime you put hard work, you know, up front and you sell it to be able to get and you know people are getting value, there's always going to be somebody that kind of circumvents the, the system just too bad. So wrapping up here, yeah. Christina walk me through some recommendations for you know additional freelancers or content creators that inspire you you know any books courses newsletters that you know you think people listening here should sign up for you know if they aspire to either freelance or become a, a content creator themselves yeah sure so um basically well again freelancers consultants and different content creators yes. are completely different i think i've spent uh, okay, I've spent around 15k learning course creation and <laughs> all this stuff. So it's uh, it's a lot. But 
when it comes to, I think that your audience will be mo mostly interested in freelancing consulting. So that's where there's so many amazing resources. And that, what I would recommend is to read Win Without Teaching. That's an amazing book uh, by uh, let me uh, by Blair Enns. He's actually uh, he actually lives in Canada, and that's that's the book where I learned that like where it's not like I learned it's just it, should, it was just reiterating my thoughts um, that I do not need to perform for the client and I was reading it at the beginning when I was just like starting to pick up those business skills so it's a really really great um, book to read I'm not affiliated with it <laughs> just I loved it um, I would also recommend uh, Jonathan Stark he is amazing he um, has a podcast and he has a newsletter ditching ditching hourly uh but like you can google just jonathan stark he talks a lot about value pricing while value pricing is like very advanced uh level of pricing that would not suit everyone and it doesn't necessarily mean that like you need to do value pricing right away and that you will need to do value pricing at all it depends on what like how you see it for yourself but what I love uh, Johnson, Johnson Stark is because he talks a lot about um, against hourly rate, hourly rate. And that's another topic that I'm so passionate about. <laughs> the law charge hourly in most of the cases. That's uh, the only thing that I would say. But yeah, so I loved um, his uh, newsletters and uh, his podcast um, as well. Um, and um, yeah, I think. I think just find people who inspire you. For me, I really loved watching how Aleda Solis does uh, does her stuff. She's she's amazing as a consultant. So it was uh, I was watching I was watching her. At first, I I was stalking her. Then I uh, became friends with her. Uh, I'm still watching her um, all the time, and I think she she is amazing. So just like find people um, who share content about like how they. Uh, freelance to how or how they are consultants and yeah stalk them online if they have products about freelancing buy those products learn because it never hurts to see different perspectives um yeah that's what i would recommend so i'm definitely going to look into those books and i will um, include them as links to amazon in the the wrap up here but I would de definitely agree everything you said about Aleda. You know, I would say she's kind of the gold star, especially as it comes to the SEO industry and freelancing. You know, not only is she just exceptionally nice and is always sharing, you know, her just information, her techniques, her strategies, but, you know, she just, it seems like she's always doing everything right, which is absolutely fantastic. And I think we all should try to be doing 90% of what, you know, she does and, <laughs> Like I said, just fantastic. But Christina, thank you again for joining us today on the SEO Freelancer. Uh, for people that are listening today, how can they get in touch with you in addition to, you know, let us know about your courses and the next one coming up? Yeah, of course. So um, you can reach me out at marketingcf.com or um, Twitter, I'm Azarchik there, or LinkedIn, Christina Azarenko, pretty straightforward. <laughs> so you can hit me up there if you have any thoughts about this podcast or if you have any questions about the courses. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christina. I really appreciate you having on today. 
Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone.